0: Hello, you're listening to another Crackpot interview, and today I'm going to be interviewing Adam Cross of Native Oak. Adam's from Kildare, but he's based in Cornwall, and he's had his work featured in Norwegian advertisements. Enjoy. You're from Kildare, but you're living in Cornwall. Uh, what made you go?
1: Um All it was, was I was living in Donegal, having great winters there, but it was kind of Doing the same old, just surfing every day and just kind of um, living on the Al Dolio, having a good time with it. So I wanted something different. So I ended up over in Central Central America working there. And then on the end of my stay, I kind of met a guy that welcomed me to Como and I kind of accepted it. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do something different. Um, And I've always kind of wanted to come here and check a few places out. And... so I just ended up here, and I've been here three years now. But I'm coming to my end of my stay, and this winter I'm moving back to Ireland to kind of set up camp again and just chill back in Ireland. To be honest, Not too bad. So
0: whenever you're in, whenever you're in Central America, did that, did that help influence your music at all, or?
1: To be honest, I was hoping it would, but I, I what they would call probably writer's block, or a dead end, or whatever. I don't know what it was, but I mm. didn't get one. Bit of <laughs> the only thing it really did possibly for me, it actually took my mind away from everything from over here in the UK and in Ireland, that I can just kind of forget about everything that I was, kind of, and just take the t- time at, for the moments that I was there for the few months. I looked kind of chill, about, chill out, probably let it go into my subconscious, so when I came back I was a bit more fresh of what did I wanted from myself in the next few years and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. System, yeah.
0: And then setting up in Cornwall, but in there—is it hard to build up a reputation or a fan base, or is it easier when they see you as that Irish guy or the guy with the beard or stuff like that?
1: Um, I think to build up a fan base, yeah, I suppose there was the Irish guy and then the guy with the beard, but then also like in the, in the work that I had, like you know, I find in the outdoor world cause working in that kind of stream, you know, it's kind of small community, know, kind of grows quite well, and people are quite friendly so i kind of grew out but it was then easy to get a fan base and kind of like in, in one regard but yet again getting gigs was kind of difficult at the same time you know
0: yeah i would say so like uh who would you can't just, would you just send messages to pubs and stuff yeah. like that what i would friends?
1: yeah when it came to it when it comes to it i pretty much would yeah i'd email i phone use friends of friends for contacts and just see what i could get you know and try and play and but I was saying on that sometimes I just take a few months where I'm just gone. I don't want to think about my music at the moment I just want to relax and take my mind away from it in a good sense you know and mm-hmm. so it's pros and cons and I think it's growing for me but um, at the end of the day I, I understand I'm a nobody in the music world and it'd be nice to have the manager that is somebody that has the contact and give me some great gigs and stuff and but yeah aspiring to go that way and see see where it'll take me you know.
0: Yeah, but if you were if you were to compare the music industry in the UK to the one in Ireland, what what would you say would be would you prefer?
1: I wouldn't have a preference, to be honest, regarding it. once I have an attentive audience that are happy to be captivated by my music, that's always a, a win-win. If you become background noise to any audience, it's just disheartening. So I wouldn't mind of yours were to bear a mind, which which want to be part of. Once to just do enjoy it and and do wish to delve into my music, but being at home in Ireland, that is home for me, and I I love the place. And um, and like what, going from what I was, I used to playing a band, and that was kind of just treating it as in a guy playing the band. I was happy to kind of get loose as a goose. I just kind of play along, but now I'm trying to like treat myself a bit more and have aims and goals and see where it will go. And um, but you never know. Just I'm like I'll go back talking, but sure, you won't know where that where it end up in six months to a year, you know?
0: Yeah, you're keeping your you keeping your options open anyway. Do you find there's more competition overseas compared to here? Not competition, but competition versus potential audience. If you know what I mean.
1: Um, I think if I can understand it, that not so much competition, but there's a lot of people who play here. There's like there's so many pe, uh, there's a lot of people who play. Um, but it, yeah, again, in, I don't mean to be rude to people over here, but it seems like you come across a lot greater players um, back home on, on the Emeralds as opposed to here. You know, you, like. Last winter opened my eyes to, like, I was touring all over and the amount of actually players I came across was probably about, that I quite enjoyed and that, you know, captivated me was probably about a handful and I probably came across hundreds. while well, in Ireland I find a different but it might be just key to my ear you know. Um, the competition, no, not so much. It's just a lot of people out there and it kind of just shows another area of the world where it, that if you have contacts into, into something, you can kind of get the root and, like, I've had some for certain things, and I've used them, and it's great. And but if you just don't know that person, you you might be just that person away from getting that gig or getting the festival or what et cetera.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of who you know. And you have you have a you have a couple of gigs coming up. You've got you've got you've got plenty lined up.
1: I do. Yeah. Well, what happened there was last winter I gigged so much all over the winter, just playing anything I could to either get a gig to play an open mic to anyone that was here to. So if someone had a session in a room, I'd go to a folk session with all the old people. I just wanted to play. And then I came back and I was like, I would happily keep playing playing, but I thought it would be better just to take, in the long run, take a few months off, chill out, just concentrate on getting my bread and butter money in with, with the outdoor work. And then when I came to I had a tour in Ireland there to do, and that was my kind of starter to go, right, get back gig and stuff. I tried to line up a good few gigs in Cornwall in September before I hit the road again.
0: Mm. You were talking about money there, and how you finding in, how you find in uh, being a musician for money, it's not not the ideal profession for, you know, living on.
1: I think if I was to have gigs every day of the week, it'd be fine. I'd be I'd be quite content with it. Yeah. Um, but it's still not my bread and butter, I understand that. And, like, I think at this stage, like, I would... I've never approached anyone, but I would probably like to go down the route of, like, either having an agency or, or a manager that would have contacts that can kind of just book all this stuff up and, you know, and just sort all that stuff out, you know? And, uh, so if I could just be gigging more, I'd be it'd be great. and um, for them to be playing. but I'm only like playing what, once a week, say now or something. So that'll be on a financial side. So it just really work out, you know.
0: Yeah. And how do you find anything like Spotify for getting your music out there? And, and is that is, do the benefits of having it to a bigger audience outweigh the fact that you're, giving your music away essentially for free?
1: Um. Yeah. No. I, I yeah, definitely getting out there, and I've noticed yeah I've definitely got fans. True, having stuff on these social media sites, but I don't have the bloody money to go to their <laughs> countries to go play for them now. And you know, and I know my my strong points and I know my weak points and stuff. And the one thing I, I, I do think that I kind of strong is like play, when I'm playing live, is where it would be a strong point. So it'd be like to, you know, people to be able to delve into my live gigs rather than just across the net. But uh, yeah, definitely like having a social side of media is definitely helped me. I've been growing a fan base that hopefully I'll be able to play it towards in the future but other, other than that it could be just another alien ant farm on the, on the internet that it might think is <laughs> hope that is real
0: you yeah know? but then again having, a base, having an audience base on the internet isn't, it's not always without its benefits because you hear of these kickstarter albums and things like that would you ever consider doing things like that or, or, or how would you fund your if you were going to record an EP or something
1: well, the last one I did, I was lucky enough is that I got it got it free to, to record it. But then when it came to master I had to pay for that. But mm-hmm. to be honest, I just put my head down. I, I work hard. Like last year, I worked like 80, 90 hour weeks mm-hmm. just to kind of get money together to put, put like I just see my music as a hobby, and I could be as you know probably pulling it up against the walls, urinating it all over the place. But I am just putting my head down, work hard, and just try and like put my money towards my music and see where I can go with it. So at the end of the day, I I feel like I'm funding myself, you know.
0: Yeah, but um, you found you have found success. I mean, you've you've uh, you were in a Norwegian alcohol ad, or uh, yeah, yeah. I was was, yeah. was that a lucrative market to break into? Uh, how did you manage to get in?
1: That was a bit of a mad one. I was sitting in London doing some some emails in my aunt's place and uh, over Christmas, I got this email. Saying they'd like me in an advert in Eski in Sligo <laughs> and they'd like to lose my music. Within two days I was flown out, I was over there in this advert to use my music and within a week I was back sitting in the same table going, did that just happen? And did I get a nice bit of pay from that? And I was like, yes it is, so a happy day. So yeah, where, I don't have a clue, like if, if, it, if, if, I don't know how to understand all the tech side of all the stats on the net and yeah. If it's, if it's done me well or not. To be honest, I could answer something to that, but I'd be lying because I actually don't know the answer, so.
0: <laughs> you don't know if you have a massive Norwegian fan base.
1: Yeah, let's, let, let's hope it, it does well, but it's not sure. It was some, a bit of kindness to the, to the bang that I could add towards my music and continue to be playing live or about where, where I am, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was all shot in Sligo, was it?
1: It was, yeah, in a bar in Iski. Um, and, and my mate, who was actually in the movie, it was probably, he had this, like, uh, movie called uh, Wet Dreams is a surf movie and one of my facts was <laughs> off it and they pretty much just picked, picked me off it and then they saw this clip that I did in London in Wimbledon and they were just were like, oh, I like his image, like his music, so they are like hey Adam do you want to come over and do this, we'd like to have you for adverts and I was like yeah okay what sort of figures are we talking here because I was skinned as a bean and I was like oh I can afford that, oh, yeah brilliant pay me that and I'll, I'll come over so yeah yeah.
0: and you mentioned image there, is that important when you're, when you're a musician?
1: Oh no, no, that's just... uh, no! I was even thinking about that the other day, and like even when I had that the, the beard there, and like I kind of got rid of it there just recently for charity, and um, yeah, like I, I'm not too big into image, but then I was like, well, at the end of the day, you have to be some sort of image. So if I am, it's probably I don't like an image that's too much in in someone's face. That's mm. a bit more casual on the eyes. So kind of had to trim it all down and it was a bit too much for me but yeah I wouldn't be too I don't really care care, care too much about my image just once I'm not a disrespecting kind of look uh, fella to people around me in a way <laughs> yeah yeah
0: not too bad so what are you working on at the minute anyway have you got any music on the go
1: yeah like so pretty much what's on the net is like nearly three years old or more and like mm-hmm. the writings is definitely older now. not but when I recorded it was like three years and to me, I pretty much have my second album written and done, and I'm halfway through my third. I was supposed to record my second album last winter up in Scotland, and I was going to do it in the van. But I am gigging too much. I never gave it time, so I'm going to put out the second album this winter, hopefully, and then in the summer put out the third album. Ah, okay, good stuff.
0: It's all all going well, and it's hard it's hard to get it's hard to get funding for this sort of thing. You have to work. Towards yeah, it. that's it. Like
1: it is. I'm just like tr- trying to get it to bed and butter in, so I can actually. Put money towards getting that out there. and I have my little uh, means and ways in which way I want to do it to keep costs sounds and stuff, but uh, still, not like my mum always said, Jesus, nothing for free in life, and it's really true, you know, the more you give life a go, the more you realize you're in, not in three years. So, uh, uh, yeah, you just kind of work hard, put, put my heart and soul into it, and hopefully something will grow from that. Sure, if not, I'll still be probably 50 years of age still playing music still recording my own so I'm not really too bad yeah that. sure if, uh, if you,
0: it if you enjoy it first and then if money comes out of it then why not
1: yeah exactly um,
0: what sort of are you going to try and do something different in your in your next album
1: yeah no well, with the, the only way I can explain it is just to kind of go back to the first album where the first one was just a buddy of mine he was like Adam I'd love to record some of your stuff and I was like what stuff and he was like oh the bits and bobs you kind of have. and I was like Oh, okay. So I put together my bits and bobs. And then soon enough, I realized I had a few songs. I was like, hey, let's just do an album. So then I pretty much kind of put more words together and more songs. And I kind of, just a mix of like an eclectic album within itself. But this one's more of the, like a concept album. And it has a bit more thought behind it in a way, rather than just kind of rummaging scraps together. And It will, as a sound, yeah, yeah, it will definitely be uh, more, I want, from gigging so much of just me on my own, I think it's going to represent more of that rather than having all these other instruments in it. Um, but yet again, if I'm not fully happy with it, just be me. I would like to add possibly cello and violin, but keeping it simple as that really. Um, and then the third album is like I have another, I just call that electric album. That's just going to be another yeah, you're just, that's in the area distance. again. I think the second one to be raw. Mm.
0: Do you find if you're if you're if you're wanting to use a, an electric album, for example, is that is that would that work out as much more expensive than working at say a raw album or something? Like that?
1: Oh, definitely, because I think yeah, like the ways of recording the second album, yeah, I'm, I'm simplifying it down. But I think when it comes to the third album, there's like I've more thoughts of players that I want on it and certain instruments. So financially, yeah. The, 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 and they, more is more money, so yeah, it definitely will it costs more to, and it'd just be a bit madder sounds. I was trying to come, trying to get an idea of what would it be like, and I would kind of like, I don't know, even quoting them again, like, I wouldn't like to get as, technically, as high acclaimed as a gent, but influence come from, uh, like, Rory Gallagher, and if he was to have a child with Sega Ross, and then kind of mix them two together, I think that's something where my mindset is going for the third album. Mm.
0: Okay. That's, uh, it, sounds, it sounds exciting anyway. About it. But say, saying all
1: that now, Ryan, uh, when it comes around to the actual time of it, I'm sure, my mind could be changed again and I exactly, might have a different yeah. feeling. But, but, but it's more my second album. I'm trying to keep focused on that and just get it, get that one get the, over get it and over uh, in a good manner.
0: So, the name, Native Book, where did that come from? And uh, Defend is more effective having it.
1: Um, I just didn't. Uh, I wanted to use something that would. Uh, when people hear it, it would kind of represent my music, which is kind of strong but warm on the ear as well. But yet again, it would, um, if I, I collaborate with other artists and people become part of the band, uh, it kind of gets breaking off evenly. And it's not, if it was just my name Adam on the title and then there's a band behind me, people would be quoting Adam and I'm like, no, I want people to both need a boat. Yeah, so I wanted to be just <laughs> representing everybody that does become part of the band, you know. Yeah, yeah. and not to be just like focusing around me you know I take inspiration from different artists and I remember seeing Bonobo live and you know how they kind of play and, and even looking at old trad players back in the day like and seeing them in the pubs and that and how they kind of have like an appreciation for each other and I like that you know so not to be focused on one, uh, on one thing and whatever it's even about the players like your fans are just a part of your music they have a goal as well so I wanted to represent and uh, be part of everyone you know
0: yeah, people just tend to usually just phase in on the main guy, but it's it's good that you're trying to do something different there. I think I think that's pretty
1: good. I think I got yeah, no no problem with calling, yeah. No, thanks very much for giving me a call.
0: Big thanks to Adam for talking to us. You can catch all his stuff on Spotify.
1: Big thanks to you for listening. I'm Ryan McBride, and this is Crackpot.